This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. On the phone, we have Roger Craig, former San Francisco 49er, Minnesota Viking, Los Angeles or Oakland Raider, Los Angeles Raider. Who knows where they were back at that time? <laughs> How are you doing, Roger? Doing great. Doing awesome. How about those 49ers? They're back. I love it. I love it, man. They're, they are definitely uh, create, creating their own legacy here. You know, I love it. You know, um, you know they they had a, a, a amazing season all year long. You know, and and just keep getting better and better and better. And and that defense, you gotta love that defense. You know, I mean, you know, uh, when um, Dante Whitner uh, made that big hit on on Pierre Thomas, oh my gosh, I remind me of running lot. You know, blasting someone. <laughs> you know, I mean, he knocked this guy out, man. And that was that that kind of set the tempo of that game, um, you know, um, last week against New Orleans Saints. You know, they they set the tempo, and, and everyone, everyone was pumped up. The fans got all into it, and next thing you know, you know, the Niners are up 17 nothing. You know, it's amazing. How surprising is it to happen with a first-year coach in Jim Harbaugh? Not surprising whatsoever. I, I always believed in uh, Jim Harbaugh. Um, uh, I even talked about this in preseason. If you go to San Francisco Gate, uh, and, and Google that up, and you'll see that article. Someone's writing about it today that I saw the vision back in preseason. What I saw was structure. I saw um, organization. I saw um, that the guys pay attention to detail. And, um, and and even though they got beat in preseason, you know, I still saw all those those tools, all those values that he was bringing to the table. They have the, the talent with the you know with the uh, the guys on the team. I mean, you got some some outstanding athletes on that team. It's how you channel how you channel channel those those talents and and, and put it all together and uh Jim found the, the secret sauce in all of them and and uh and I love his flavor. <laughs> what was the problem with Mike Singletary last year? I mean, Hall of Fame player, he just didn't seem Well, to you know, sometimes great great Football players don't make great coaches, you know, even in, in basketball the same way. You know, I mean, you look at Magic Johnson tried to take over the Lakers, and they, they didn't have success. Sometimes great football players don't make head, great head coaches. It's all about organization skills. It's all about relationships. And um, when you don't have those um, that, that background um, and you, you, you're new and you're trying to figure out how, how to be that head coach, it's kind of tough because, you know, it's, it's like a, a sales guy trying to, um, be a CEO of a company. You know, he has to learn how to manage his sales guys first before he comes before he comes to be the CEO of the company. Just just like in football, you have to be able to manage your 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 um, your assistant coaches. That's what you know. Defensive coordinators they have to do. You think a defensive coordinator has have to um, manage the linebacker coaches, the line coaches, the the, the DB coaches. You know, so you know it's it's about management. And Jim Harbaugh had that already in his repertoire. I mean, he, he, he understood that when he was at San Diego State and when, and when he went to Stanford. It's in his DNA to be a head coach. His father was a coach. His brother's a coach. He, brought up, he was brought up around coaching. So he knows the, 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 uh, the, the dynamics of what it takes to take a team to that next level. But we've seen a lot of coaches go from the college ranks to the pros and not have success. Uh, the success well, of Jim's Jim first season. Well, Jim Amazing. is a different a different breed. You have to realize Jim has had coaching from his father. 
So, you know, he understand he know, he understands the dynamics of what it takes, you know, to take a team to that next level. He has, he knows exactly how to uh, you know, psychologically get into the guy's head. You know, so basically when the players, you know, bought into his vision, you know, and these guys would run through a brick wall for Jim Harbaugh, you know, because he, he's a player kind of coach and, 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 you know, how he believed in Alex Smith. All, all Alex Smith needed was somebody to trust him and, and, and to give him a little pat on the back here and there and, and, and just have confidence in him because and, and, Alex was a, was a great player in college. And so Jim has brought the greatness out of Alex just in one year. Just imagine if he had time during the uh, lockout to work with him. We could be undefeated. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, man? <laughs> I believe I believe in Harbaugh. I, I'm I'm a strong believer in him. Trust me. I, I like what I see. It kind of reminds me of Bill Walsh. When Bill Walsh saw Alex Smith get drafted, he was shaking his head the first time he saw him practice. Said, "What do we have here? There's there's nothing here right now." <laughs> well, you know, you know, Bill had to build build uh, the team. You know, I mean, um, he had to go get some good players and to fit in. You know, make up, you know, fit the puzzles in the right places. And and uh, I think we had that already. Jim just knew how to cha- channel all those talents that we have on this team, like Vernon Davis, you know, uh, Patrick Willis, and you know, Frank Gore, and you know, uh, you got Carlos Rogers, and you know, and he just knew how to put all this this, this dynamic talent together. And, and and make some good music with it, you know, and it's amazing. I, I love what he's doing. I love how the players are playing. It's, it's brought uh, a lot of uh, fresh new attitude to the Bay Area, just like the Giants did with the with the baseball. Now with the football, we're, we're back to where the way it used to be, you know, which is about you know ten years ago, you know, and 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 it's it's a beautiful thing because you get pr- productivity from all the, you know, businesses throughout the area, you know, everyone's pumped up, you know, can't wait till the weekend, you know, our team is winning, you know, it's, it's very positive. Yeah. Now they showed a sideline shot after Vernon Davis caught a touchdown against New Orleans and, and here's Jim Harbaugh sort of hugging him, you know, almost doing a head bump. That's, that wasn't the way Bill Walsh was. Well, you know, this shows you when, when I saw that, the one thing I grabbed from all that was, you know, man, this player loves this coach, you know, and, and this coach loves loves the player, you know, and, and, and I know Vernon's been through a lot a couple of years ago. Last year he stepped it up and he made the Pro Bowl and caught all those touchdowns. But, you know, a couple of years ago I remember when he got sent to the locker room, you know, and so right. he probably like thought, wow, you know, this is a big opportunity, you know, for us to win this game and – and I, I caught this touchdown winning pass, you know, and, and I bet his his life just flashed by him real fast and it just hit him. And, 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 and he, you know, he, he started bawling, crying, like, you know, just crying, you know, and, 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 and he hugged, you know, Alex Smith, first one, that was the first person he hugged in the, when he scored and he came off the field and the man's right there waiting, his arms out, waiting to give him a hug. And how, how beautiful and how awesome is that? You know, a, a rookie coach coming in, you know, uh, changing the whole dynamics of the 49ers organization and, and then get a big hug from, from him. You it's a, amazing. You had a pretty good coach in college, too, in Tom Osborne. Yeah, Coach Osborne, you know, he was amazing. He, he's an amazing coach, too. He, he, he kind of uh, prepared me and educated me for 
you know, for, you know, going to the pros, you know I mean? He was the kind of guy, no nonsense kind of coach that, you know, you couldn't make mistakes and uh, you have to be a, uh, a perfectionist, you know, when, when you step on the field, you have to be accountable for every play you, that, that you, that you make. And, and, um, you know, you can make mistakes. You know, you, you, if you, if you forget your plays, you won't play. <laughs> you know, you'll sit down. There, there's like 10 other guys waiting, licking their chops yeah. to get in the game. <laughs> so how did you end up in Nebraska having grown up in Iowa? My older brother, uh, went to Nebraska first. And, okay. um, and so I, I used to go to all the games and, um, you know, I just loved how the fans embraced the, org- uh, the program. You know, the fans were just frenzied. I mean, every every Sunday, every Saturday, you know, we would go up and watch the home games. You know, you know, the fans just lose their minds, and the players come out, and the players would respond, and and uh, and they would win. You know, they, they were winning organ- uh, a winning program. So, um, you know, I wanted to go somewhere where I could, um, you know, get good exposure, get a good education, and. Um, um, and be with a, a, a team that that have uh, a lot of you know history and um, that I can always refer back to. You know, like uh, as a kid growing up, I used to um, you know watch, I mean my brother would bring home the, the football guides, you know, and so I had to know my history, you know, so I had to study on all the great players before me, so I would have to know why my what my purpose was every time I stepped on the football field. You know, you know, it's about, you know, a code of respect. You know, the players that played before me and, and those wonderful fans, it was 76,000 at the time and it was it sold out every, every home game, you know, and, and it's still selling out, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, not, it's like 96,000 now, but, uh, but it was 76,000 sold out, you know, fans and losing their minds. And so I wanted, you know, to, you know, understand what my purpose was of being in that, uh, it, in that program, so that's why I played my heart out every time I stepped on that on that football field for, for them. What was it like playing for the NCAA championship? Well, you know, um, we we had the opportunity to, um, um, you know, to be number one, and uh, we got, you know, Penn State knocked us off in the in the in regular season, um, and you know, we lost. That, that was the only loss that we had that year, and then uh, in my junior year, we're going against Clemson. For a national championship, and Clemson beat us. It was like uh, I think it was twenty-one to eighteen or nineteen or something like that. Really close score. So we never got the opportunity to um, you know win a national championship. But we always, out of my four years out in Nebraska, only lost a total of five games, and we were always in the top ten. Yeah. Now, have you adjusted? So I never, and and I never missed. The, I never missed. The, I never missed the playoff ever in my in my career or in my life. In high school, I won the state championship. Went uh, went to the semifinals both years of my junior senior year, and and I was in the playoff. I mean, in, in a, uh, Orange Bowls. Uh, I've been to two Orange Bowls, Cotton Bowls, and played in a, a Sun Bowl. So those are like postseason, you know, playoffs basically. And then yeah. and, and as a pro, played eleven consecutive playoffs. Never missed a playoff as a Forty Nine er or in my 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 career because I, I made the playoffs when I was with, um, um, you know, the the Vikings and, and the LA Raiders at the time. Now, have you adjusted to Nebraska being in the Big Ten? Well, yeah, um, I, I like it. You know, it gives the opportunity of our team, you know, 
uh, getting an opportunity to play in the Rose Bowl. I'm looking forward to that one day, and uh, I'm pretty sure that we'll figure it out next year and, and make it happen. Uh, we came so close, you know, um, we, we lost some really close games this year, but um, I think I think Bo Pelini is the right guy that can help, you know, get get to, um, get Nebraska into the Rose Bowl and make it happen. When you went to Nebraska, what, Mike Rozier was one of the running backs there, and then when you went to the 49ers, you were with Wendell Tyler. Did you ever feel like, you know what, I want to be the main guy? Well, no, I was the main guy uh, when I went when I was at Nebraska. Rozier came after I went. You know, uh, um, we started in the same backfield uh, as my senior year. My my junior year, I was a starting I was a, I was a starting uh, a running back. He played behind me. We just alternated back and forth. You know, but uh, my my uh, senior year, they moved me to fullback, um, and his year younger than I was, and so. Um, no, I really didn't care about being the man because my my option my my uh, objectives was to win, do whatever it takes to win. You know, um, uh, I can care less. You know, if I carry the ball thirty times a game, if I if if I would have carried the ball thirty times a game with Forty ers we wouldn't have won the games we won. So I had to I had to be versatile. I have to be I had to catch passes. I had to I had to do what the system will allow me to do. And I'd rather do that uh, and create history and build a dynasty than to worry about some stats. <laughs> and, you know, I know that prior hurt my my numbers for the Hall of Fame, but so be it. I got three Super Bowl rings. I never missed a playoff ever in my life. And I made an all-decade team, so uh, I'll take that any day. Not bad credentials. You're also the first running back to have 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in the same season. If you were playing nowadays, would you get 2,000 rushing and 2,000 receiving, you think? And be <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for someone else to do this. Now, I really want some more players to join our family. You know, um, I was the first to do it, and Mar- Marshall Falk was the second. I think Ray Rice... And Drew Jones could do this, man. I really do. Um, and even I'm looking at some of the other numbers, like um, uh, the kid from um, um, uh, Houston. Um, Aaron, God, I can't, the, uh, Aaron Foster. Foster. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Foster could do it. He has some big numbers in receiving as well. And uh, Matt Forte has some big numbers. They have some huge numbers as far as receiving numbers. They have a thousand yards, but they had high like six hundred, seven hundred receiving yards, which is pretty amazing. No, it is. I mean, it's we know what's even more amazing about your thousand thousand. I mean, look at the members of that team. It wasn't just you. I mean, you had you, you had Montana throwing the ball, but you had Jerry Rice. Yeah. You had Dwight Clark for a while. <laughs> Solomon. I mean, yeah, John Taylor, John Taylor. John yeah. Taylor. Yeah, yeah, a lot of guys, man. I mean, that ball yeah. went right around. We went to work. We, we we went to work, man. That's one thing uh, about our team. We we just we believed in our system, and we felt that everyone had a role on every play that was called. We felt we were we were an extension to each other. It wasn't like uh, a play that was called to Rice. That doesn't mean that I don't have. My, it, that doesn't mean that my role isn't just as important as Jerry's role is because he catches the ball and scores a touchdown. Uh, play-action faking was a huge part of our offense. And so if I had to play-action fake to sell the fake, to pull the safety in, to think that I had the ball to get Jerry Rice open to score the touchdown, yeah, yeah, he might, you know, get the, you know, get the glory of scoring the touchdown and, 
and, and, and the six points and all that, but I was a, an extension to that pass that he caught. If I didn't sell the fake to pull that safety, he doesn't score. So I took pride in, 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 in doing those type of things, and if I didn't do it well, I felt bad. It felt like I didn't do my job, you know, and, and um, that's how we felt as a team. You know, we, we just felt that everyone had to step it up and, and, and have important roles and, and do your job and, and just be an extension to each other and make it happen. That's, how, that's, that's why we won so much because people got it. And that's, what, that's how the 49ers are playing today. They have the same kind of mentality. Jim Harbaugh has brought that out of the players today that they feel that they have to work together. Someone has to step it up. Everyone, like Dante Whitaker made that big play. He stepped it up, you know. You know, you know, don't look for Patrick Wilson to make a big play all the time. Someone else has to step it up. It could be somebody on special teams. I can remember during the preseason, not preseason, but during the regular season, early in the season, um, the special teams won the game in, in, in Seattle. You know, uh, again, um, ran a punt return back and a kickoff return back. And, and, and the special team was one who won the game for, for the 49ers for the first game. So, I mean, it just goes to show you, that you can't just depend on some all your 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 horses, to, you know to to you know to to win for you. They're going to be there for you. The horses are always going to be there for you. But step out, you know, step out of the box a little bit, and 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 and, and have somebody else step up and make a play, and and turn the game around. Now, do you think it's more difficult nowadays to establish a team as something a, a dynasty like the Forty Nine ers had? Oh back no, when no, we no. Playing? They're 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 in the right course right now. They got the right coach in, you know. Um, they, they have the right owner, you know. Uh, uh, Jed York is definitely, uh, you know, being really creative and thinking out of the box. We got a lot of smart people around them, um, and uh, they're making all the right moves. And and you know, uh, when you have those kind of uh, uh, components, you know, you're gonna um, have success. And uh, I think they can create their own dynasty, just like how Pittsburgh is creating their their dynasty. I mean, they of course Pittsburgh had the dynasty of the '70s, but you have to you know you have to look at what they've done in the millennium. They won two Super Bowls in the millennium, so you know that's pretty amazing. And I see the Four Nines doing that same kind of structure. You know, I mean, don't forget about what what we did. It was great, dandy, but let these guys have their own day and create their own dynasty and not be compared to us. It seems like the 49ers ran into some difficulties after Eddie D. Bartolo basically resigned the uh, day-to-day operations here. And he well, it was, it was a shock to the organization, you know, um, when, when he resigned, and um, it was just it, it was a, it was a it was more of a bunch of shock because you know you know his sister took over, and you know, and it, it was tough. You know, it was, it was a tough time. Bill Walsh had to come back and kind of help out a little bit, and um, but they're on the right track right now. You know, and uh, Jed is a very smart kid. You know, um, you know he, he he's been around football and understanding organization. You know, for a long time. You know, as a kid growing up. You know, I mean, they, he was prepped, so he's ready to rock and roll and take this team to another another level. Wendell Tyler told me when I interviewed him a couple of years ago. He said, "You know what? I mentored Roger. I kept him on the straight and narrow when he came to the 49ers. Yeah, he did. You know, I, I had a lot of mentors. Uh, Wendell, uh, Wendell was one of them. Um, one of the guys that I – and he did a great job. He did a great job. 
you know, he he kept me, he told me about, you know, taking care of my body and things like that. And, um, but there's guys like Hacksaw Reynolds. He, he said, you know, he didn't like rookies at all, you know? <laughs> so I was lucky that he, you know, uh, befriended me. Um, uh, you know, uh, Keith Farnhorse, he's, he's an old veteran guy. He's a tackle, offensive tackle. He told me one day, he said, you know, you're uh, pretty lucky. I'm like, why? He said, Hacksaw Reynolds hate rookies, and he likes you because you work hard. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow, that made me feel really good, man. <laughs> you know, so, but, you know, uh, it was Hacksaw Reynolds, Freddie uh, Solomon, uh, you know, Fred Dean, you know, um, and then I would, you know, talk, you know, if I need a question ask about something, I would I would check with Ronnie Lott here and there. You know, he, he, he later, you know, um, um, became good friends of mine and, and help me with, you know, certain things, you know, if I had a problem, he would always be there for me. And Ronnie's been there for me, you know, off the field as well, you know, even in our post careers, you know, he's such a great guy, you know, we have a, gr- a bunch of great players on this team, man. And uh, as a family, or as, as family uh, oriented, you know, and, and it started with Eddie DeBarlow creating that family and Bill Walsh embracing it. And, and, and we had great leaders, you know, like the Ronnie Lots and, you know the uh, the Joe Montanas and um, you know uh, you know Hacksaw Reynolds guys like that that kind of kept the team together because he's an old veteran guy you know I mean he, he, when I came to lead he's been playing for like 15 years so you know he he gave me he gave me insights you know how to study you know uh, my opponents you know watch your film film and um, at the time there's no wasn't video film <laughs> but uh, then he I remember in the Super Bowl he said Roger Play like play every play like it's going to be your last because you, you never know if you're ever going to get this opportunity to play again. So that, I had one of my best Super Bowls um, ever. Um, I thought you know when um, I scored three touchdowns and the intensity of the game, you know, playing against uh, the, the Dolphins with Dan Marino having a record season, um, uh, um, storm for five thousand yards and forty eight touchdowns and you know and we, we have to face these guys and. Um, uh, so, you know, I, right then and there, I, I knew I had to be focused and be ready to rock and roll, man. I didn't want to mess it up. Okay. So other than your website, RogerCraig33.com, what keeps you busy these days? I work for a software company, a typical software, and uh, we're, we're uh, making the world a better place. Uh, companies, uh, um, you know, all Fortune 500 companies use our, our software. Uh, we're an um, enterprise service kind of uh, business, and uh, we're in 40 different countries and I uh, have over 4,000 customers and and uh, we're making a difference in the world, you know, and uh, Tipco is the only enterprise software company that's solving 21st century problems. Uh, at Tipco, we believe uh, with a little bit of the right information, just a little bit beforehand, whether it's a couple seconds, uh, minutes, or, or hour, it's more valuable than all the information in the world uh, six months later. And, and this is what we call our two-second advantage. And uh, we're winning deals every day, man, and, and it's great. And if, you go to our web, if you go to the uh, NASDAQ, it's T-I-B-X. And uh, our website is uh, .com. And you just go, you know, and TIPCO is spelled T-I-B as in boy, C-O.com. Just go to that website, and uh, you can see what we're doing. It's pretty amazing. Who hit you harder, Ronnie Lott or some of the Bears players back in the 80s? 
my wife slapped me for not taking the garbage out. That was the hardest hit I ever took. <laughs> Those are tough to recover from. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't recover for a couple of days, man. I was in no man land for a couple of days. <laughs> no, um, I really, you know, I, the, the team that I hated playing against the most was New Orleans Saints. I, I did not like their linebackers, man. They're good friends after our, you know, my, our career is over, man. But when we're playing during, during the season, oh my gosh, I, I hated those guys, man. Um, you know, Von Johnson, Pat Swillen, Ricky Jackson, and Sam Mills. I'll never forget those four names ever. You know, uh, they tattooed me so much, man. Oh my gosh. Um, the, uh, the, I hated playing with those guys because I knew I was, I, I knew after the game I'm going to be bruised up for, for a whole week. You know, it's like throwing me in a, in a lion cage, man. <laughs> Did you ever think Jerry Rice was going to become what he became? Yeah, I, I saw the vision in Jerry Rice. It's so funny, you know, because his rookie year, you know, he started off kind of slow. He was dropping a lot of balls. And, and then I don't know if you remember that Monday night game against Dallas Cowboys, and he caught like two or three touchdowns. Um, he had like 214 yards and, um, and caught something like 12 passes. And I'm like, wow, this kid can play, you know. And uh, then uh, in the offseason, I, uh, I saw him. I said, Jerry, you should come over and train with us, man, because we, we train in the offseason. He's a rookie, you know, so he doesn't, you know, know the dynamics of being a, a true professional yet. So um, I talked. it took me about three weeks to, to talk him in to, to run this hill. Um, and um, – and then he ran it and stopped two or three times, and we didn't see Jerry Rice for another three weeks. I'm like, man, he's not showing up anymore, <laughs> you know. And so I talked to him into coming back again. And I told him, man, you got to work out. You got to do these type of things. And uh, he, he finished, and and we we all clapped for him, and you know we were like clapping that he made it, you know. And and he never looked back after that, man. He took his workouts to another level, and 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 it, it, we just zoned in on 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 just refine our skills every off season, you know, to be the best, you know, and, and, and we, we brought that attitude to, to practice every day. And, um, it, it was like, um, it was like a, a, a virus that spread it, you know, that, you know, if you were, if you weren't running the ball 50 to 80 yards down the field after every catch or every, every run, the coach would get on you. And that's what we, that's what we did, you know? And, uh, and uh, it, it's not surprising me. He worked his butt off, man. He, he deserved everything he's getting. Ellie, what did you think of Roger Craig? Well, back in the day, I thought he was a pretty good running back, and I thought he was uh, fairly insightful as well uh, on today's football. He had that famous fumble in that game against the Giants when the Giants uh, made the last second field goal and made the Super Bowl back in the early 90s. Yeah. I saw that last weekend. With Kyle Williams, son of uh, White Sox general manager Ken Williams. Okay, he had, what, a bad shoulder, Kenny's coming to his defense, but how did the bad shoulder affect him basically letting the ball touch his knee? I don't know, and after having the ball bounce off your knee for one mistake in the game, you're in overtime, don't you make extra special precaution to make sure you hold on to that ball? The important thing is, is the ball. If you can make yardage, great. But you have to hold on to the ball. Especially when you're a kick returner or punt returner. Right. Again, hold the ball. It'd be right. like a Hooters waitress dropping a platter. <laughs> You've hey, never done that. That never happens. That, that doesn't happen. That never happens. <laughs> D- different restaurant. Do you have any trivia for us? I know there's some in the calendar. We do. On Super Bowl Sunday, 1.25 billion chicken wings will be eaten. 
So come to Hooters. So if we, if we had 23% of all people watching the Super Bowl are going to be eating chicken wings. So make them from Hooters. Okay. How's so that we, for you? So if we ask you how many chickens were involved in all those wings? We don't want to talk uh, about that. Okay. Peter might yeah. come after us. <laughs> I like chicken wings better than buffalo wings. <laughs> well, there's a big difference, I think. What's we the, won't go there either, though. You're uh, starting to get to that dark side. <laughs> I didn't know buffaloes had wings. <laughs> but I'm bum. So is it a grasshopper? Super, yeah. <laughs> Cricket. Super Bowl Sunday, February fifth. Come in and win your big screen TV, forty-two inch TV. Who are you rooting for? The Cowboys. Cowboys. Cowboys aren't in it. <laughs> I honestly don't have a preference this year. Patriots. Tom Brady's pretty cute, so. So is Giselle Bundchen, but you know, you know he's taken. You're yeah, going, I know. Going, you're going after all I these know. guys who are, you know, what, what the is heck? it? You know. Seal's available now. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard that this morning. <laughs> He's a little I'm old. okay. So we'll look forward to Super Bowl Sunday, wings. Come and, and eat things. wings. You can order wings out. Whatever you do, get and your And have Hooters a beverage of choice. Yes. Lots of beverage of choice. <laughs> we want to thank you for your time, for coming in here, spending the hour with us. It was a pleasure talking to both of you. Thanks for, Thanks having, for having us. And there's only one Hooters to go to, Schomburg, right? Schomburg. Yes. If you Woo-hoo. must, go to one of the others. But again, Schomburg's number one. And you get to go shopping afterwards. Woo-hoo. Right? <laughs> you can get your wife there. I'll bring the wife. Don't forget the yeah. girls. Yeah. Bring the girls, bring the wife. What about Elliot? Leave him at home. No, we can bring him. We can find a spot for him. Off in in a corner. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Tune in again next week.